that time of year again. Kool-Aid man, you ready for Christmas? Oh yeah. of the finicky podcast it's me commissions commission commish santa and it's uh and it's snake dressed up in his uh in his cocktail finest in his in his little tiki bar completely on brand you can't see it but i can't stop seeing it and uh we're here and it's christmas time how's it going snake uh, little John's here too. It's just the holiday season, and it's great. It is great. Uh, it is a dad pod as well. Um, we've got so much to talk about with the playoffs and everything. But uh, how is your uh, Santa slash dad duties going lately? A lot of shopping. Do you move the elf around? What's going on? Oh, uh, we so we don't do the elf thing. Um, we've had a lot of pushback on that this year um opposed to other years but um overall i mean we got but my girls all both got covid and my wife i'm 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 fine but uh, you look great i'm i'm surrounded by covid people and oh, gross uh, you wouldn't know it because they treat I mean, the girls, like, they both tested positive. The only way we, te- we only reason why we tested them is because of the fact that my, m- my mom tested positive and then they were with her. And so we're like, oh, well, we've got Tiffany's family coming. We should probably test them before we get together with them. And they were positive and it threw a wrench in the barrel of the weekend, which I'm not necessarily mad about, but uh, <laughs> ultimately. But ultimately, they don't act one bit like you, they have COVID. I mean, they they treat it's my the house. spirit of the holiday season is keeping them healthy. Oh, it's. Uh, I mean, in fact, it might even. I mean, the, the worst part of it is the fact that they just are so antsy because it's just the shit weather out here and stuff, and they are just so antsy to get out or mm-hmm. do things. So they're just like. Oh, just destroy everything. It's just been. <laughs> uh, but ultimately, everybody's feeling fine. That's the most important thing. And you know what? It's uh, it's just cozy at home for the holidays. It is cozy. Lots of like, yeah, fires. You got your tree up. You, got, you secretly wrap your presents when the kids aren't looking. Um are you gonna do anything like you know leave the cup, leave the cookies out and the milk out? Or I've heard of I've heard of dads. I've thought about the the uh, putting like sooty footsteps from the fireplace all the way to the oh. tree. I think Emily would get really pissed off if I did that. Are you doing anything uh, interesting? Well, we don't do the sooty fireplace because that just sounds like a mess. I think but someone gets I in trouble for that. Did set it out for my almost six year old very early on. That Santa, we always leave some whiskey out for him. And <laughs> it's a very genius thing to do for all of you out there looking for traditions. It's a very good tradition. I could see everyone getting on board that. I could see Lyle putting out a little Christmas whiskey and then drinking it himself. Oh, he has, yeah, he would have his very wonderful, you know, cock tail that Santa <laughs> wants to have and it's in you know specially made with some Montenegrin you know <laughs> vodka and you know it would be amazing and I in you know what I I applaud him if that's what he ends up doing but I suggest that everybody tell their kids that Santa is got some you know it's a lot of cookies he might want a little drink to go with it. Keep him warm. And it's cold outside. It is cold outside. He's going to want a little whiskey, a little liquor jacket put on before he gets into his sleigh and says, let's get out of here. All right. Well, with that, we're going to move on to our matchups. And uh, I think I mentioned earlier I wasn't going to play this. I'm going to play it anyway because I love it so much. We are moving on into our playoff week two matchups. 
got that is right. We're getting into our playoff matchups. And we're subbing out the thunder sounds for some really, really great Christmas music in the spirit of Ronnie James Dio. And we're going to look at maybe just to equal the evil and nastiness of that song. We're going to look at Bottom versus Stephanie. Oh, man. Um, I think we were kind of planning on Bottom maybe running away with this since he's got what you would say the MVP at this point at quarterback. But uh, not the case because somehow... Stephanie uh, racked up some serious points, uh, 180 of them, uh, which is admirable. That's it was third place in the entire league right now, and she is the worst team. She was the worst team in the regular season, and she has set herself up for success uh, in the postseason, just how all of us thought she would uh, on the back of Zay Jones. So. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think lightning strikes twice here? Do you think uh, Stephanie can... Oh, sorry. Lightning. Uh, I mean, what? She's got Rocket Denver quarterback again. Justin Herbert again. Uh, Zay Jones again. Can this happen? Is Bottom doomed? Well, Bottom's going to be missing Jalen Hurts. That's going to be... That's going to hurt him. Ooh! But, loved it! Love that yeah, you did it and I didn't. Has been used, I'm sure. No, that's perfect. That's what we needed. Contrary, he also has uh, Jarek McKinnon, who's been the number one running back two weeks in a row. With all of that in his roster, he's got Hurts, who had a bad. It was an ugly game, but yet he's he's good enough now with the running that he can do it anyway. He gets thirty something points. Jarek McKinnon puts up thirty something points. The rest of his roster just failed him. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's actually pretty astounding when you kind of take a step back and realize, you know, that Jalen Hurts is the number one quarterback and that he's has Jalen Hurts and that, unfortunately for him, most people who have Jalen Hurts are probably panicking right now because they are in the playoffs and they are trying to figure out how are they going to get by without having their star quarterback. But yet, Bottom is figuring out how do I not lose to the last place team in our league? Um, that's just finicky for you, right? Because it's not just about the quarterback. There is a many, many more players that you also have to worry about. And unfortunately for him, he's going to have to worry about that without Jalen Hurts this week. Percentage-wise, it doesn't look like the uh, the interwebs thinks he has much of a chance. Um, it's funny. I finally found that view, I think, that I ranted about last week about his previous uh, matchups with Stephanie uh, in week two, he blew her out of the water, 180, 130. And then in week uh, 10, she beat him uh, a modest 140 to 123. So he's he's going to need to find his week two self because he's going to need to beat her by what looks to be about 30 points. And right now he's not favored to do that in the slightest. Um, if Hertz is out, who's the player on Bottoms' team? that could possibly give him a chance at outscoring Stephanie by that much. Well, he'll need to pick up a quarterback because he doesn't have a backup. So maybe is it? Maybe. Is oh, it? are we getting there already? Are we getting there already to the number one waiver on pickup? <laughs> Mr. Gardner Minshew. That I would mean, be... we're going to talk about Minshew in every one of these matchups. I can almost assure you that. And um, no better time to talk about it than with bottom probably needing him more than anyone else. That's true. Um, he doesn't have a backup quarterback on his, on his team. And, and he's not, is he listening right now? Bottom, are you going to, there's no possibility he listens to this because we're going to post this. It's going to be tomorrow, but bottom, you should have put in a lot of money on Gardner Minshew because it's, it's your only, it's your, it's you need that security blanket. You need that that handcuff, the quarterback handcuff. You need him. 
It should be instinctive at this point. It should. And fun fact. Bottom spent $10 of his fab this year, which tells you everything you need to know about listening to this podcast that comes out before waivers. He's been saving for this exact moment. Bottom, don't fail us now. There's no... I'm Gardner Minshew. I mean, the potential. I mean, of anyone. I mean, we're going to go through here. Right now, we've only looked at two teams, and Stephanie's playing... Brett Ripon, Rippin, Ripon. And I don't even think he's going to play. Uh, I mean, she could she could cash out her fab. On, I was going to say, she could prevent Bottom oh from my God! What a block! Start you and put $191 down <laughs> because she has $196 left. What an amazing block that would be, Stephanie. I hope you do that. That would be the most epic and thing. In fact, have you ever heard of anyone finishing dead last in their league and somehow getting MVP votes or whatever, most valuable manager, MVM? I don't know. Uh, by just blocking, saving your entire fab for a $196 bid to take Gardner Minshew and just force Andrew Bottom to eat his own shit. I think, I'd Yeah. What else? What else are you gonna do? That is one hundred percent worth the money. I can't wait to see it. I hope if it doesn't happen, I'll be crushed. Absolutely crushed. Um, all right. So I guess on this one, we've decided that Stephanie will win if she plays her cards right. I just also want to applaud the fact that um, she has the Giants coach, who is at this point the second-ranked highest coach, and just. Since the beginning, we've been applauding her for this. Congratulations, Stephanie. Maybe if you have to say the best draft pick uh, is the Giants coach being the second most valuable coach, which if you would have talked about that during the draft day, you'd look like an insane person. Um, all right. Take him in the last pick of the draft. I mean, uh, just I, I get, I, no, no. Yes, she did. She, she did. took him 209th out of 210. Brilliance. Absolutely brilliant. That's uh, a veteran move. Veteran move, Steph. All right. Once again, I have to look at my shit matchup versus Zach. Uh, Zach did about 10 points better than me. Um, but we both had, had decent weeks, mainly because I got somehow, somehow, 35 points out of Derek Carr. Not Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm not going to go. I, I don't have $196 to spend. I'm not, I'm not expecting... Gardner Mitchell to come in and save my day. I'm going to stick with my quarterbacks. Um, I am retired. I've retired JTT um, because he sucks absolute dick and balls. Yes. So now that he is dead out the season. Yep. And you had the number one pick. Mm -hmm. Hindsight's 20-20, but... Or whatever the fuck. I they make say. so much fun of the Seahawks, and yet I did the exact same thing and be like, hey, the guy's never been hurt. He's the safest pick of all time. And here I am picking the Rashad Penny of this goddamn draft. Yeah, so how I mean, obviously you would have changed your pick, but like, I mean, he showed in the time that he did play when he wasn't hurt that he actually was pretty good. Like, I mean Here's what he I would say about the number one overall pick. It's the number one overall pick. The balls it takes to pivot from what the consensus is, which it was a major consensus. Yes. And the balls it takes to... I, I, I didn't have them. I didn't have them. I didn't have the balls to not take the consensus number overall pick. Obviously, McCaffrey, I took in all my other leagues because it was either an auction or something. I didn't have the number one overall pick. I had what I wanted to do as a reach for the third pick. I thought I was going to take Eckler. I thought he would be a great pick. And honestly, if I'd taken him number one overall, I would have been gut-wrenched for the first four or five weeks of the year. Just insane with regret. But it would have been the right pick. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I bought into the media. I, I don't think I would... You, 
10 out of 10 times, I would have done the exact same thing. That it, it, the, he seemed like everything you wanted to have a number one overall pick, which should have been a red flag. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's an interesting, like, kind of retrospective, right? Like, because the hard part is, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, right? Like, whenever you li- listen to, you know, you know, podcasts or experts, and whenever they project how things go, they almost always have set in stone because this is what most people care about that first round right like they have it kind of set like this is who you should be focusing on at what pick and so on and what so on and totally and it's hard when you can look at that and say yeah i don't feel as safe about taking someone like a you know jonathan Taylor Thomas, whatever the fuck his name is now. I don't even... No one knows his actual name. (laughs) I just thought all I know him from your team. Um, But but yeah, so Jonathan Taylor, and you're like, you may have in the back of your mind, oh gosh, I really don't want to take him. But you almost feel like you have to because the experts, the people who live and breathe this, that's who they say who you should be taking number one. Yeah. in doing so, it may have cost you from taking someone like a Justin Jefferson, who would have been great. The wide receiver thing was right there. Uh, like or, or Travis Kelsey. We joke about it all the time. Would have been a great pick. <laughs> would have been a great pick. I Yeah, I think that there's something happening within the fantasy world that is so hard because they every, I mean, we all know we've been playing this game for so long that obviously the the running back position is a very difficult position if you know to pick up on the waiver wire it's if you hit on the running back position you are usually i mean it shows with the teams that are in the playoffs right now if you hit on that position you're usually going to do pretty well however if you would have taken Justin Jefferson number one overall, which would have seen asinine at the time the, the brilliant Kirk and Jeff stack and you you know, right? And if you would have taken Travis Kelsey number one overall, which will never probably happen because no one's gonna want to do that, right? You would be in a better spot than you are today, right? It's, so, it's the number one. This is my first time with the number one overall pick, and I don't wish it upon anyone. It's awful. It's oh, it's somehow you'll do the wrong chosen thing for you. Your pick is chosen for you, and yeah. you just have to. Anywho, that was a segue, I guess, a little bit, but I think it was something that's important for the people to know. That's right. That's for the people. <laughs> and fuck you, fuck you, NASCAR, for putting me in this situation. Um, with that, uh, Zach is actually favored in all of the positions you would want to be favored in: uh, quarterback, quarterback, running back, running back, running back, wide receiver. And I'm uh, definitely dominating the third wide receiver, the tight end, somehow. Uh, a linebacker, defense, kicker, punt, not even kicker, just punter. Um, not great. Not a great for, not, not good for me. Um, I don't know. It, let's, the thing is also, I'd be, I'm really pissed about Nick Chubb ever since Deshaun Watson came on. Nick Chubb's been useless. Uh, and I even thought about that. I thought about trading Nick Chubb. Too good to be true. I thought about trading GTT. Thing is, I couldn't come up with anything good enough to trade for. The only person I ever traded for is Travis Etienne, and he was good till he wasn't. Uh, I, I, I don't see a, a bright future for me until Mike White comes back. And I'm not going to play the sound effect now. I'm not going to play the Mike White sound effect. I've been playing it a lot. I'm not going to play it right now. because not going to do it because he's hurt. But the, the minute I have a chance to play it, in a sense of, of a signed victory. If this week goes well, and I feel like I got a chance, and Mike Wheat's going to be a part of my, my resurrection, you're going to hear that goddamn song, and it's going to even feel even stronger. So with that, um, <laughs> Zach looks like he might win this, which sucks. It doesn't mean I'm out, but it does mean that I will not cash in on that 25 points. Because as we remember, uh, the, uh, the way the loser brackets work is... Uh, you get 25 points for your win. So right now he is looking like he is in first, no, second place. He's in second place in the loser's bracket with his 176. 
Uh, Stephanie is in first. Should mention that. And with 180. And then our last losers bracket competition is one you're familiar with, Snake. It's you uh, versus Lyle. And this is a heated battle. It was 153, 148 last week. And so, uh, I don't know. You guys only have a, a three-point differential in projections before the... For the uh, And you guys have always been close. Previous matchups, week two, 178 to 172. Previous matchups, week 11, 185 to 175. It's always been close between you two. And right now, you guys are only projected to be two points apart, 304 to 302. I can't ask you what you think is... I mean, here's the thing. It's been a full season. Who do you have the most confidence in? And I have an answer for you, but I want to hear yours. Who do you have the most confidence in to save you this week and get you that extra 25 points? Huh. I mean, my team is... I will say, like, I was so stoked about my team early on. <laughs> After the draft, I thought, oh, my gosh, this is, this is such a good team. I, I'm, you know... Man, it's really, really let me down um but you know I, I mean, it's hard to... um oh, that's when you can hear the uh, yeah the you really want to let soak in but yeah it's really like hit stabs you like a knife um but um i would say i mean it's i mean derrick henry has to be the answer because derrick henry is just who I've lived and died on for the last three years of my life, but he's playing Houston. <laughs> he's playing and, Houston. I mean, but Houston, uh, the truth is, is that Houston, I, have you watched these last two weeks? Of they Houston? are fun to watch. They're they taking actually, big teams yeah. down and then losing to them in the last second, which is exactly what you'd want to do. If you wanted the number one overall pick, it's, it's an expert move. Yeah, so I mean that's that's the that's the the easy choice, I guess, for Before we move on for this, I want to point out one thing. I found yeah. this. I found this on the internet. Derrick Henry's rushing for the last four games against the Texans. Thirty-two carries, two hundred and nineteen yards, two touchdowns. Thirty-four carries. 250 yards, two touchdowns, 22 carries, 212 yards, two touchdowns, 32 carries, 211 yards, three touchdowns. This man over the last four games has had nearly a thousand yards and almost 10 touchdowns over God knows how many carries. So that's, that's got to make you feel okay going into this. Well, and on top of that, it's not sounding like Ryan Tannehill is going to play. So there's a potential that Malik Willis is going to be the quarterback. Who's he could throw steal some rushing yards, though. That's all he knows how to do. No, that's true. But he's but not going to be throwing the ball deep down the field. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I The Malik Willis thing is like, I'm glad the Seahawks didn't take him because, yeah, the guy kind of looks bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean – I guess that's who I have to try to hang my hat on because most of these other guys are just absolute waiver wire shit that I'm just been putting out there every single week. I love that you're going to play Dallas Goddard off of the IR and we can't underplay CD lamb who is amazing as of late. He's been coming on strong. Can't be mad. I'll tell you right now where I went wrong this, this, this year. And this is a little finicky advice. It's my goddamn linebacker position uh, it's a, it's the bottom portion of your of your roster yep. if you don't have consistent 20 points from your linebacker and good points from your kicker and at least 10 points from your punter every week and the head coach is going to get you you're not probably going to win in finicky in my linebacker this year has been atrocious it's yep. been awful and I waited, thinking that it wasn't that important to get someone that was high up because guess what? I could find a Zaire Franklin that Lyle has on his team, who I had on my team that I dropped <laughs> because that person would give you 20 points a game. And guess what? 
That is the truth. But if you lose that person, it's very hard to find. There's not 10 guys who are going to get you 20 points a game. And so that's where I think I've lost this season. Oh, man. Are we going to regress back to when Zach would draft a linebacker in the first round and then a kicker in the second round? Is this where we're going back to? The most important positions? But I think the pri- the prioritization of like that linebacker position is actually really key. And I know that our historian, Lyle, would probably, he would say touche to this because mm-hmm. he knows. He's hung on to Franklin the moment that I dropped him. And, and the truth is, is like he hasn't looked back because he's great. No, it's and you true. Wanna, what's interesting about that to me, too, is that a stalwart at the position is well. I don't even God know fucking know his name now, but the Sha- Shaq Leonard or mm-hmm. you know whatever his original name was. But he was always like number one, number two at that position yeah. on that same team. He's been out this whole year battling all of his stuff. Zaire Franklin has taken that position and done exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I just think that there is something to be said about that linebacker position is really one of the keys for all of you guys who want to win the league. That's the, that's one of those keys that is often overlooked. Yep. Roquan, I think I actually was winning all my games. I was winning the majority of my games and Roquan was healthy and playing for the bears. And then when he got traded, uh, there was like three weeks there plus his bye where he was still like learning the new system and thing and he wasn't getting all the tackles and I lost all those games and that's four games. He was dropped right there. And it's just, yeah. When you have a guy you're expecting 25 out of and you get nine, that's the equivalent of what, how much disappointment with your wide receivers. It's exactly really that's two players, really. I mean, when it's all said and done, yeah. Yeah, and so and we can wrap this up here, but I, I do want to touch base on on Lyle's team because I mean Lyle's I, I gotta applaud him, you know, like we gave him shit early on in the year for his Josh Jacobs and these Najee Harris and these guys like Miles Sanders and saying like oh you know you could have got better value, but I think he showed throughout this whole year that you know what. The experts may say this is someone who is going to be a flop or someone who, but you know what? I mean, Josh Jacobs is the number one running back. So he right. can laugh all of his way to, you know, sometimes you need to actually look at what, how you truly feel. And, and he was, uh, uh, you know, just a little bit away from being in the playoffs right now. And totally. With a healthy Tua, with a no concussion thing on Tua, that's that's an incredible pick. And then Mark Andrews. I know he's still registered as the third best tight end, but honestly, since like week seven in his shoulder injury or whatever, he has been not good. Mark right. Andrews. Let's see. Let's see. I mean, he no. started Awful. so hot. 5, 16, 20, 1. Well, that's no good. 14, 16, and then 0, 3, 6, 7, 5, 1, 3. Like, since week 6, he hasn't touched double digits. And Mark Andrews, that's what you draft him for. It's a high draft pick. Well, and the shitty part about that is, too, is because – so I have him in another league, and it's it's exactly this, right? Like, the potential of what you can get for Mark Andrews – yeah. prevents you from actually putting anyone else into that position. Yeah. And so despite the fact that you've been getting three points, fucking four points from him, all of a sudden, like, you you look at the waiver wire and you're like, I cannot possibly put in any of these other guys. Right. And then find out that Mark Andrews gets 20 points on your bench when he actually does go off. And so it's that's that's like the worst thing to happen in a fantasy league. Travis Kelsey, number one overall pick. All right. That's it. Um, I'm going to, I'm, this is kind of a toss up. I'll, I'll give it to you. Cause you're right there. Uh, I'm going to, I think you're going to win, but uh, now I'll give you that 25 points and that'll be the boost you need to catch up with Stephanie. Um, all right. So now we are moving on to the championship series, which gets its own high Christmas song.
Dad Bowl. Bliss versus JP. Um, a oh, lot to look at here. It looks like Bliss changed his name to Might Still Be Cursed, which means he's losing the faith. Uh, it, he's been broken in the mind. Um, he had 157 his first time playing J JP. He's 167 last time. He got 181 last time. That's a good number. 181 is good. The thing is that JP got 218 fucking points, which is way, 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 way better. And he got that on behalf of a lot of things that we said wouldn't happen, such as playing both Green Bay running backs, which worked out really fucking well for him. And I look forward to him finally coming on the pod, because otherwise we'll find you and you know that. But... Uh, <laughs> this is some sort of strategy that I didn't see on any blogs. I didn't see anywhere on the internet. He just did it and it just worked. And that's upsetting to me. I don't know. Is, is there something I'm missing here? I mean, I don't think it's worked out for him for most of the year because frankly, like AJ Dillon has been pretty much shit for most of the year, except for the last three weeks. But Here's the way I have to look at it. Having been someone who's been playing some waiver wire people, I mean, when you're going to get, like, I mean, six points, five points, sometimes you're happy with that for some of these sixth, seventh guys that you have being played, right? Like, sometimes there's that, if you can get that potential of having that 20, 30-point week from a guy, sometimes it's worth playing that instead of putting – you know, Darius Slayton in, who's going to mm -hmm. get you three points, and you never expected him to get you more than seven. You know, like, eh, I, I mean, I don't know if it's the if it's a if it's a method that is going to be popular in the future, but I think that here in the playoffs, it's certainly working out for him. So. Yeah. Well, he's been playing around with the linebacker position. I mean, really, his steadfast is no, his only number one is Travis Kelsey, which is kind of shocking when you look at um, all everything that JP's been able to accomplish here. Um, and there's a lot, there's a lot of talent still on Bliss's team. Mahomes and Burrow, three and four <clears throat> in the league. Monty Stevenson, despite injury, is still doing fantastic. Um, I don't know. There's a lot to look at. Uh, we talked about last week how the Cowboys and Jags need a lot of action to keep JP in this game. Well, it did. So good for him. Um, Mahomes versus Seattle is the juiciest matchup on here for Bliss to catch up. Yeah. But we need that game for the playoffs. So do you, what, what do you think? Do you think uh, he's I go persuaded? Back and forth. I actually think Seattle's going to do a lot better than we think that they might do. Um, I do think still think we're going to lose because I, I, I mean, Patrick Mahomes and just finds a way to win at all times. And I, I think Seattle's a scrappy enough team that we're going to give them up. I, I would like to think, and we play to our opponents, right? So like mm -hmm. when we play shit against Carolina, it's because Carolina sucks and granted Carolina can still go to the playoffs, but they're not a very good team. I think that we're going to play pretty well considering and this could all backfire me uh, on me and you know come monday but i bet that seattle hangs in with the chiefs for quite a while but i still think we lose to them and i think mahomes still does pretty pretty good because we seattle, are the, we, we we do juice the numbers of whoever we yeah, play i was going to say i I mean, the interesting thing is that Seattle obviously is, you know, running backs are the ones who really get, you know, um, their numbers get really juiced by Seattle. 300 yards, maybe. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see, though, because the Chiefs are not particularly known for their running backs. So if it is, this is another Jarek McKinnon, like, number one week. This, it, I mean, talk about a guy who's truly winning people fantasy weeks. It would be wild, but um, I don't know. I mean, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to do well. I don't know if it'll be his best game. He'll probably be in the 20, 25 range. Um, 
And, uh, but, you know, JP's got. Well, he's got Kenneth Walker. And yeah, Kenneth Walker. I mean, but like he got seven points last week. Do you think he should be played? Do you trust it? I mean, you, you got kind of on the same. Got an angry Frank Clark on the other side. Yeah, I mean, kind of on the other, but like on the the same kind of note that I mentioned about playing AJ Dillon. Like, I mean, you kind of almost have to with the finicky lineup, the amount of players you have to play. Sometimes mm. the upside that you play with having Ken Walker in there, you can't really bench him, right? <laughs> because yeah. you have such large lineups. Like you're benching him for Michael Carter, and I, I like yeah. what's their upside, right? There's none. No, DJ that's right. No, I mean. So, and Kelsey got 105 yards last week. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is peaking at the right time. I think he's like the QB2 QB two over the past, like, six weeks. Uh, there is one thing I wanted to play. Um, uh, Gallup. Uh, so, no, Gallup, Lazard, Woods. Uh, I've never liked these guys. Last week, listen to this. T. Higgins, questionable. Robert Woods sucks dick. Uh, Alan Zard's been replaced. I just, I see a lot of potential zeros here. And then I look at JP's side. There we go. That was it. That was the little bit I was looking for. A lot of zeros. Alan Lazard, Robert Woods, Michael Gallup. Last week, delivered dick. I think it was 1.3 players. That's nothing. He's got to get rid of these guys. It, this is... Something that needs to be understood when it comes to the fantasy playoffs is that reason is out the door. The waiver wire is so important. Like, it's there's so many people. Like, you're you're swinging for that high end range of outcomes every week in the playoffs because they're all must win. Like, you're gonna play Jarek McKinnon and Zay Jones over people like Alvin Kamara, Mike Evans, and Amari Cooper. So, like, the fact that Ben Bliss is dedicated to playing Robert Woods, Alan Lazard, and Michael Gallup, that's why Ben Bliss is going to lose. That was, that's it. And with that, I feel like, yeah, I think he's toast. I don't think, I don't think Bliss has the fire, unless he does something dramatic there. Swaps out those three players for waiver wire hotties with with really nice bodies that are looking strong. Uh, I think we've got. Uh, I don't think he's got. He doesn't have what it takes. So that or Jordan Brooks gets hundred tackles. Who knows? Moving on, we've got the last and final matchup of this whole thing. Derge versus Antez, aka the Roommate Bowl, brought to you by Guitar Hero. Uh, last week we mentioned that Antez had at least 150 in all of his matchups and boy, oh boy, did we fuck him over with that? Uh, cause he only got 137 last week while, uh, Derge got 164. So, um, I, it's always been a quarterback question, right? Mac Jones, Andy Dalton, uh, both going Cincinnati and Cleveland. Like I, Hintez doesn't have the quarterbacks. Is he? I don't think he's got $196, but should he cash in all in for the uh, Gardner Minshew sweepstakes? With with that, with, with those quarterbacks, I probably would. I mean, here's the thing: like, you you can't. That's look at it. They're were they're projected 11th, 11 points and nine points, and. Look at the quarterback projections that are on the wire right now. Gardner, 15. Zach Wilson, 13. Uh, he plays tomorrow. Uh, no, he plays Thursday. What day is it? Who cares? Colt McCoy, 12 points. Matt Ryan, 10 points. Desmond Ritter, don't do it. He looked bad. I'm just saying there's a lot of... I mean, honestly, quarterback right now has the most talent on the wire out of all the other positions. So why would you play Andy Dalton? In and he's gonna be in a windstorm in Cleveland. Don't do it. Don't do it, Chris. Listen to us. Yeah, with a 
Is it like a 33 point over under? Like it's like one it's of the less. Lowest. I think it's like 31. It's like the lowest. It, it's it's projected to be the lowest scoring game in like the last 10 years. Uh, Something crazy. <laughs> like, you can't play Andy Dalton. You probably shouldn't play any Saints. I'm sad that it came this late in the pod, but don't play any Saints. Yeah. It, it, but here's the thing. It, it's a hard thing because – you know, he's benefited from, by sacrificing a lot of that quarterback position, he's been able to generate some really good players in the other areas. But it's the weakest area if you need to fill that position in Finicky, right? Like, there's, right. like, if you don't have a, you know, like, look across the, the, the Josh the Allen is, 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 right. Is is the best championship weapon in the playoffs right now? Right. So now all of a sudden you have someone that you can at least hang your hat on that you're going to get good amount of points on. And in, in Josh Allen's, you know, like you are getting basically the amount of points that you would from both of your quarterback positions and most of the other other like teams. Mm-hmm. But if you are getting nine points from your quarter two quarterback positions like he got last week it's going to be really hard to win yeah and um and unfortunately there's really nothing else like i mean there's i'm i mean as much as i love gardner Minshew, i don't think he's gonna he's he's not gonna put up the numbers that are really gonna set him apart from being like you know you bite your tongue um i'll be better than fucking andy dalton like well, so Josh Allen is a, is across the aisle. Uh, Josh Allen, Tyree Kill. This is actually kind of the most fun matchup. I know we talked about uh, Bliss for so long, but, like, look at the, the, the fucking firepower here. Josh Allen, Tyree Kill. Uh, Keenan Allen just got healthy, but Don, Tony Pollard's been pretty incredible. Gabe Davis, connection with Josh Allen. He hasn't had really, like, a good season recently, but, like, the potential is there for a big day. Bills D, Justin Tucker. I mean, there's everything there. Honestly, if Mike Evans was having a normal season, Latavius Murray had 20-something points last week. Like, there's a lot of weird talent on Derrick's team. But then look at the, like, pedigree on Antez's team. Terry McLaurin. He is – he's only – but he has been a top-10 wide receiver since, like, week seven. Uh, basically ever since they swept quarterbacks, uh, DK Metcalf, obviously a little hobbled and we haven't been doing great. Still a great wide receiver. Justin Jefferson, number one wide receiver, Devonte Adams, number three wide receiver, Darren Waller just came back. It, it wouldn't take much for him. One big game. And he's a top five tight end. Evan Ingram. Don't trust that. Folia Sadie Olokun. Not just fun to say he's the number one linebacker in finicky. And then Harrison Butker in Seattle. It'll be cold, but I don't know how windy it'll be. And I'm guessing they're going to kick a shit ton of field goals. And Michael Dixon is back since we started sucking asshole. Um, yeah, no, I think. I really love this matchup. I think it's like they're, they're in the playoffs for a reason. Exactly. This is fun. I think that the weird thing is, you know, we were like shit on Antez for having crap quarterbacks. But. This late in the season where people have just handed the reins as far as quarterbacks to new people. I mean, Antez might be able to find two number top 10 quarterbacks on the wire as long as they're not in a snowstorm. <laughs> and they're, yeah. if they're in a dome, play them. I guess that's my advice. Do you have a kicker or a quarterback on the wire that you like? Are they in a dome? Play them. Because who fucking knows? Uh, Daniel Jones is in Minnesota. He'll put up some points. Josh Allen has a, a cannon arm, but he's still playing in Chicago. I don't know if he'll be affected. But Mac Jones, Cincinnati, Andy Dalton, Cleveland, both outdoors, both Midwest, both freezing cold. Fuck them. Get rid of those fucking guys. Would you trust Matt Patricia to take your team to the championship? Nope then do not trust Mac Jones. Get rid of both those quarterbacks, Antez, and move the fuck on. Because, yeah, I think there's better stuff on the wire. You can do it! Um, 
I think that's it. That's all I got for that matchup. Uh, I'm hoping for Chris to win. I mean, it's not like I don't want Derrick to win. I just love an upset. So, um, okay. So I'm gonna take a pee, and then we're gonna talk uh, all of our final thoughts. I'm gonna piss too. So put some. Oh yeah, we should put Christmas music on. We gotta put a re- really the- good Christmas music. It's gonna be the best stuff. Oh, I like this one. This is a good one. It's right. Christmas time, oh, oh, and y'all oh. know what that means. It's time for big extravagant gifts. The type you find in the driveway, drive the driveway, driveway, drive the driveway. Hey, driveway, drive the driveway. It's Christmas time. It's Christmas time. I've been naughty, but I've also been nice. I made a wish list and I checked it twice. I want a new Porsche and a matching Benz. I can show Santa how to spin. Lips are red. Oh, we did it. Um, is there snow outside for you? Yeah, it's snowing. Yeah, I just noticed that. That's cool. All right, so um, moving on with our final thoughts. All right, so final thoughts. One, I've noticed that we are, for Christmas time, which is fun, we're rooting for the Rams versus Russ, which is fun. We're also rooting for Chicago and Houston because right now we're in the third overall pick and we got to move up. We got to get the fuck up. Uh, um, oh, this is something I wanted to do. Uh, Christmas stuff, Christmas stuff. So um, let's talk about what we are thankful for. Um, fa- you know, fantasy football wise. What, what are you thankful for? And what are you, I mean, we could start with one. What are you most not thankful for? I guess this is a Thanksgiving thing, but fuck it. What are you not thankful for? And what are you thankful for? I'll start with, what do you want? Thankful for or not thankful for? What do you got? I don't care. What All right. Money. All right. We're going to start with not thankful for. What are you not thankful for in fantasy football? Um, I am not thankful for... Injuries. That's an easy thing to say, yeah, right? Yeah, fuck injuries. Yeah, it's um, it's very difficult to project your team when people go out before. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of other things I'm not thankful for to do, but I mean, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Um, you know what I'll say? Obviously, I was a co-creator with Zach and maybe other people I can't remember at this point of Finicky. We've all helped it evolve. So I'm a, obviously a lover of all positions. But you know what? Fuck tight ends. Fuck tight ends. Tight ends are basically a position that you would think we would have added to make everything more complicated. They're more complicated. It's more unfair to have a tight end than a linebacker. It's insane. There's only one good one, and the rest are trash. And I have been trying to figure my shit out with Taysom Hill and Cole Komet all goddamn season, and I'm just fucking over it. And I just... I don't know if I have an answer. I don't know if I'm going to take Travis Kelsey first overall next year, but like, I honestly, at this point, I don't see any other way around it. Fuck him. I hate him, but he's the only guy. He's it. Everyone else sucks. Mark Andrews died six weeks in. How do you trust anyone after that? There's no, no, there is no law. There is no justice. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I mean, this is the league to be able to make that like change, right? Like to be like, you know what? Fuck it. You mentioned we're the only league that didn't have tight ends. (laughs) You could. 
It's not. It's a bold, think, bold strategy. You know. I'm not mad at it. Um, uh, okay. So, um, what are we thankful for? Let's spin this. Let's spin this. Let's, what are we happy about? What are we thankful for in finicky fantasy football this year? Oh, there's a lot to be thankful for this year. This is, uh, you know, we've all been in this league for. This is our 11th year, 12th year. Oh, God. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. I, I think the thing that I'm most thankful for as far as, like, this league is just the consistency that we can have of, like, kind of, you know, when you play with the same people for the for the amount of years that we've played with, yep. Yep. it adds just such an extra element of, like, fun to the league, right? Like, it just becomes, like, we kind of we can make fun of the fact that you know certain players don't use the waiver wire as they should, or the we or some some like you know the Chris's plays two tight ends all the time, and so <laughs> I guess like like it's just like it's fun to be able to be a part of like a continually like. A league that's been going on for a long period of time, and like, in despite the fact that like, not a you know, not everyone has jumped on the podcast. I, I would like to think that most people have at least listened to it. And it's all but JP at this point. Throughout their week, you know, listening to the bullshit that we have talked about, you know, and so, so much. I don't know. I guess this. I, I just feel like I've taken a much more macro approach to this. I'm sure that you have, like, you're thankful for, like, Taysom Hill or something. I am not thankful for Taysom Hill, but I am thankful. <laughs> I like your thankful for. It's probably better than mine. I'm thankful for two-week playoffs. I have played several other leagues, and I have had a great year, and then I just go against, oh, I don't know, fucking Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes against Houston. And it's fucking over. That's it. It just took one dude against one team having a great fucking day, and it's over. Whereas the two-week playoff, it means that your team has to be consistent. And I think that's what – that should be it. Like, it's kind of a Super Bowl versus – NBA playoff system, you know, they used to have best of threes and best of fives and best of sevens. And it makes sense. I think that, yes, I, if I've ever felt any doubt about the two week playoff system, I have, I have no more doubts, no more doubts. This is exactly what I wanted. Um, Can I tell you about this is actually something that I I never even knew existed. And I'm, so I'm in a, I'm in a new league that I, I joined. It's actually, how dare you? Take a step back. Sure. Um, actually, the first league that I ever joined was way back. It was like 15 Don't tell years me ago. about your exes. Yeah, you, you don't want to hear about all my my <laughs> you know, uh, my fun times I had with all the all the floozies. All the floozies until you got to this real committed yeah. relationship. But I I rejoined a league this year and. Um, they do something that I had never even heard of, but it, act- and it took me a minute to kind of like wrap my head around, but I thought it was a perfect fit. Butt stuff? Is it butt stuff? So instead, so when you go into the playoffs, instead of having to be head to head of, um, of like, you know, you would say, you know, Bliss and, and JP, um, it's actually just, it, it turns into kind of a points league. Ah, and so a battle royale. Yeah, and so all, all of a sudden, so the playoffs started last week, and no, two weeks ago now. Um, but what it would do is it was like so six people made the playoffs. The top two teams had a bye for t- two weeks, and the next, like the other four teams played between the four teams, the highest two scores of the combined weeks went on into the playoffs. And it's actually really interesting. Like at first I was kind of like, this is stupid, (laughs) but having been, especially where like 
you know, like one player could get 170 points this first week and then get 60 the second week. It makes no. a, it, like, it actually really, and because it's like, you're not, it's not just about being a head-to-head -to -head to, for one team. Yeah. You would look all these, you know, these three other teams too and being like, oh, I actually still have a chance. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting way of doing it. Um. Okay, so that is enough on our uh, thankfuls and thankful nots, uh, FSU. <laughs> Something I wanted to also mention as far as the, I don't know if it's thankful or thankful for, but um, I wanted to say, you know, as a Seahawks fan, we've had a lot of similar seasons. Um, and usually the way the Seahawks would go is we look good in the beginning, and then we fucking decline in the middle somehow, and then we... in. It, crazy comebacks and then we get into the playoffs in the last minute um i'd say it's it's a lot more it's kind of sucks to win a lot in october like we felt so good in october and we're like we'll be in the playoffs no problem and then just a shit november and then just kind of a shit december and like man it's been a real roller coaster like now we're shit no we're great now we're shit and it's like it's all been dependent on the defense, and I don't know what they're doing there, if they're really dependent on the scheme or the players or whatever. But, man, I don't know. I I don't want to say I miss the crazy Seahawks, but I will say I, I would see, like, the Vikings and how, like, I guess they're 10 wins, so it's hard to compare, but, like, how all of their games had been lost at one point, and then they ended up winning them somehow. And it's like, I miss that. I kind of miss that. You know, I mean, now Brock Wilson Seahawks, right? Like that's, yeah. um, I, I mean, it's, it's hard because I think one thing about this particular year for the Seahawks is, is the fact that we were supposed to be shit, right? We were supposed mm -hmm. to be a terrible team and, and they showed us like, Oh, actually we're not as bad as we think. And then all of a sudden in that middle, like you mentioned, mm -hmm. we actually looked like we were a team that we were going to go to the playoffs. Which we still could be. We need Washington to lose to San Francisco or beating Kansas City, which one of those seems more likely than the other. We could, but I just think it's I – mean, I, I hope they prove us wrong. But the way that they've played these last three games, like they are not a playoff team. The, right? the, the, the defensive line is pulverized. Um, I looked at our uh, – our like our whatever practice squad tryouts and it's all nose tackles like we literally brought in four or five nose tackles because we they all keep getting hurt almost as if al woods is 36 years old or whatever like god fucking look at the seahawks the fucking guys who have a top three pick and need their number one need is a nose tackle a position that's typically drafted in the second or third round like i just it's so crazy to me. And leave it to them. They're going to be the team that drafts a nose tackle at the number three spot. There are such clear – there are two very clear options for the Seahawks in the draft, and it's Jalen Cotter and uh, – um, not Tim Williams, but um, uh, the dude from Bama. I can't remember his fucking name. Um, Jalen Cotter or – God, I can't remember his goddamn name. But anyway, um, oh, Will Anderson. That's right, not Tim Anderson. And uh, it's like, it's so obvious, but like, I just, I can't put my chips on it. Like, I feel like the Seahawks are going to Seahawk and we're going to pick someone random. So I don't know. I, as much as I'm focused on us getting a top two or top three pick, I just, at this point, I've kind of let go. I'm just, I. I'll watch the draft, and I mean, I'll, I'll I'll have my projections, but it's the Seahawks. I usually project for every other team. So, do us. you think that they do? Do you think that they bring back Gino? At, yeah, uh, I think 40. Gino. I think Gino is secretly. I think Gino is the only reason you keep Pete. I think if Pete Carroll finished this season without Gino Smith, the dude's seventy. Like he's got. I mean, <laughs> it's got to end at some point, right? I think that uh, if it wasn't, I think that Geno Smith is the only reason you keep Pete Carroll. So, yeah, you pay him, and he stays. Pay him, he stays. 
you fill in the blanks and hope that, you know, I mean, cause the, let's be honest. Like, I mean, we've, <laughs> we have talked countless, um, throughout this entire podcast, this whole year about Geno Smith. And I think that one thing's for sure is that he has obviously exceeded expectations, but I think that he's actually shown that he is, I mean, he's, He's a very good quarterback for that Pete Carroll offense. I think that he actually does what he's looking for. He, you know, that high completion percentage and just, you know, I mean, he makes some bonehead moves, but what quarterback doesn't? Um, And I don't think, like, yeah, if you take one of those early picks, I mean, you're better off if you can send some of those early picks and trade those picks to someone who wants to, take their time and get a CJ Stroud or something like, right. Oh, I would love the trade down for like a shit ton of picks, but I just don't think the Seahawks are there. I think the Seahawks, we are in a place where we need to draft a primary. We need a Von Miller. We need an, we need an Aaron Donald. We need to use our picks. I mean, you're the expert on this. Is, is that available in this draft though? Like, yeah, a lot. Well, I mean, no one knows if it's ever going to be a Von Miller or an Aaron Donald, but I will say, uh, Will Will Anderson is somebody who could have been drafted number one overall last year. Uh, he's done nothing to reduce his status, and Jalen Carter is one of the one of the better, maybe the best athlete off of a defense, depending how you look at it. That. Two teams drafted a bunch of players off of that team, and one of them is the Packers, who have been not doing well, and the other one went 13-1 and this year. So, like, yeah, Georgia has... Georgia might be one of those, like, 2001-2002 Miami teams where you look back and you say, oh, my God, they had 20 NFL stars. And Jalen Carter might be one of the best ones. He's just the... He was the youngest, you know, and he was playing with all those guys. So Jalen Carter is the real deal, and Will Anderson is the real deal. Just they play two different positions, and it's up to the Seahawks to either, one, have the draft position to take one or the other and decide what's more important. I would think that Will Anderson replaces Bruce Irvin. I would think that Jalen Carter can't play nose tackle. He shouldn't, but he'll play a 3-4. He'll be like a Michael Bennett, where he could be an end, or he could play defensive tackle. Now, mind you, we don't play that defense anymore. But I don't know. I don't want to get rid of Clint Hurt. I think Clint Hurt is saying we have to get the pieces that fit my defense, and then my defense will be perfect. And his defense is the defense that the Denver Broncos have right now, which is really good. Uh, It just sucks absolute dick as far as a team because of Russell Wilson. So... I don't know. I, I don't know what Pete's going to do. Uh, I'm curious to find out, but it's it's down to those two if we keep where we are in the draft. Will Anderson or Jalen Carter? Uh, because both those dudes should be they're the blue chip guys you can't get anywhere else in the draft. Yeah. Um, all right. So with that, I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to rant in? I'm going to give you our exit music. It's just going to be different. And I didn't really actually um, plan for this part because um, we have a different song today. So I'm just going to cue it up to be about yeah, two minutes left of this fantastic song. But it could be about the Cougs. It could be about the Hawks. You can have one minute. And here we go. Final rant. And show me a little John Christmas music. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. Was really embarrassing. Really, it was truly. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of wish that I. So I wish my family didn't have COVID and that I could go with my <laughs> inbox and didn't have to watch that game. But unfortunately for me, I was forced to stay at home and watch the Cougs. Play Fresno State, but yeah. So I, I'm, I guess I'm done with that game. But um, yeah, uh, I mean. All right, I'm gonna say it there. That has yeah. been the Fanicky Put <laughs> Podcast. Good night. Hey.
All it is is sirens at the end. <laughs> I have to touch this one up a little bit. Oh, I think we did a great job, though. I'm going to call that a win. 